127 on the mic exists simply as an extension of our college ministry 127 at FBC Bryan. Our prayer is that this podcast be used in accordance with you belonging and investing into a local body. And we hope that this resource is growing in relationship with and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> what a new podcast crew. How are we doing today, friends? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Want to retake that one? <laughs> nope. See, muy bueno. It's going to keep going, apparently. Yo, yo, yo. I didn't answer my question. I, I, I. How are we doing, Fidens? I'm good. I said, see, muy bueno. I'm very oh, good. Oh, yeah, that yes. went over my head. Yes, much good. Yes, mucho, mucho good. Estoy bien. I'm good. No, you're not. Oh, sinner saved by grace, deserving of death and hell in that order. You are not good. I don't care what your homeschool mom told you. <laughs> true. All right, that's the end of the podcast. We'll see you guys And <laughs> cut. Wow, that's good. True. Came out fiery on this lovely. I know. Wednesday morning. Yeah, Thursday afternoon when it when it when y'all listen when it drops. This. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, when you guys hear this, we will be on our way to hopefully not getting destroyed in softball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the softball team. He double-crossed some fingers hey. for those of you that can't see through the magic we of the added, audio. We, did you hear we added someone to the roster? Uh, no. Hey, oh. I, I'll just tell you this. I was, I'll be honest oh. with you. After the first practice, I was, I was like not necessarily worried about our fielding, but there definitely was a lot worse hitting than I was expecting. Sure. Even I knew, I knew that certain people weren't going to be good at hitting. He's not going to name drop, don't worry. Um, but I thought certain people would be a little bit better. Yep. But... We added Mad Dog Madeline to the thing, so we should be bet. We should be better. She's just driving in from town, from from Katie. No, I think she, she lives, lives here and drives to Katie every that's, every yeah. day. That's rough. So I guess yeah. she'll just drive back on tomorrow at like three or four, no, like normal, and then and then show up for the game. Ball out, dude. Yeah, that's crazy. That's a that's a key addition. Yes. Uh, listen, experience. It's like Shohei Otani, unless the last name was Griffey Jr. <laughs> I don't really care who you added. <laughs> Here's the thing. Though, Shohei, mean, Shohei can't pitch right now. So, I mean, he would true. have one at bat with zero people on base every time. True. So, y'all would get like three runs. Did you, uh, did you see the changing in the standings in the AOS, by the way? I know I know people love our baseball talk, especially the uh, the female viewership. The, do but they talk are, about the baseball talk on there? It's like, hey, quit talking about baseball. I always just like... I feel like I hear a murmur, especially early on in the podcast days of, yeah. I feel like all you guys talk about what, is baseball. What would be the alternative? I don't know. I think the girl, like any of the girls that listen, just come and tell us what the alternative conversation would be. I, yeah. think, I think what we should do is just like bring Bailey on here and, yeah. and just see where the conversation goes. And that way we'll know kind of an outline of the direction that we've had her on here a couple of times, but I don't think we've let her just like take control of the banter. Sure. And yeah. so I want to see what happens with that, but did you see the AL West? Did I see standings change? And this may be different now by the time you're listening to this, but this is Wednesday morning, and so yeah, before the last game of the Astros Rangers we, series, we could be five whole games back, or however many it is by the not five. Uh, you could be three, right? Two. two. Well, they go. They're two back right now. Oh, so three. Be, yeah. I'm just gonna three. address this. If the Rangers lost every game of the season left, I would not be surprised. Let's just say that <laughs> every game. That's a that's sarcasm, but still like. I had said it a month ago. We were we were going to lose our spot. Mm. So I mean, I'm I'm not surprised. We our our bullpen can't pitch. Like I was telling Zach, our bullpen I think since August 16th is a f- like a 5.5 ERA, which is the worst in baseball by far. 
So, I mean, that's what you get when you can't pitch. So, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> Pitching well, staffs win. But hey, you win know, championships. You know, not always. It's okay because not 2018 the, Red Sox. <laughs> the Braves so. are going to win the World Series, and I don't even think it's going to be close. Really? Or the Dodgers. I mean, I don't. I don't need an or. You can't be like, they're going to win, and it's not close. Or the Dodgers. <laughs> I'm saying. Or like, Baltimore. My. I don't think. I'm hot. saying NL. I think is going to win. But you know who's not going to? For sure, Oakland. Red. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say the Red Sox for sure. The Red Sox also. You can put yeah, that on there, but yeah. I don't think the, the Red Sox playoff it. percentage is like like six percent right now, really? which is which is better than what I thought. I may I have to go like that. The Red Sox playoff percentage to make the playoff that's uh, five point six percent. Nice. Oakland's zero point zero zero percent. Rangers the, is probably like eight percent. The Angels less than less than point one percent. What's the Rangers on there? Uh, the Rangers playoff percentage is like in the fifties. They're fifty six point four. Y'all, y'all got a coin flip. See if you can make it. <laughs> but but Toronto's sixty seven point eight. Yeah, and Seattle's seventy four. Houston's ninety five point five. Yeah, and I think if you like, I think if you a week, a week down the road, it might be like thirty percent or twenty percent. Just be tracking that. Hey, we went right right to baseball talk. We were talking about we shouldn't talk about baseball. Yeah, we went, we went right, right to right it. There. It's fine. Uh, you, you know why? You want to know what the like? The, you you know, <laughs> seriously, one of my favorite. And this is your transition. I don't mind saying it. Um, when I, the first time I went to Fenway Park, yeah, we we were just hey, I know this is my baseball mecca. We're gonna go or we'll roll up in here and just love it. Yeah. We we're sitting third base line. I literally could walk down front seat and touch the green monster. Gosh, I, there were parts I didn't know that this was a thing, but there are like you could see people were peeling paint off the monster. They repaint it all the time, and they're like I'm taking part of this with me. So just take no part idea. of the monster with you. So you got that big chunk of green paint in my office, but the seats are so close together. Yeah, I mean worse than any ballpark in America, at least that I've been to. So you're sitting there and just crammed in this little seat and my wife is beside me. And I thought we were on an aisle because I was in seat one. Hmm. That's not how they do things at Fenway. <laughs> in order to separate this, the, the sections, they make really big sections. They run a pole down the middle of it. And that's like your separate. So one was the middle of the section that I was on and, and it connected. Pole. Yeah. And it was a pole like on my shoulder. It was just running across the top of the seats. You could take a little nap. Yeah, if you wanted. Except the guy next to me was the quintessential Boston uh, uh, guy that screaming cuss yeah. words the whole time, drinking um. a lot, smelled a little of seafood. <laughs> and it was like what I needed at the game was for this guy to be like hardcore Boston, just mm. screaming at everything. Um, and then his wife was beside him. And we he was in the different section, but we were shoulder to shoulder. My shoulder, then this big pole, and then him. And so we were just basically around top of each other. And the conversation through the whole thing was hilarious. And everybody knew everybody in this section, apparently. So we, we just bought somebody's season tickets when yeah. we went up there. And so he's screaming at other people, and his wife would go and sit with other people, and he's making fun of everybody that's there. And, <laughs> oh and seventh, inning, seventh inning comes around, and I think we're playing that, the Angels and getting thumped when we were there. Golly, and different times. Yeah, it was, it was bad. And, and his wife goes to get more i think he's, they're just drinking beer like crazy goes to get some more beer and comes back and, and she looks at him and gives this nod and he goes he looks at me and goes and this guy's like 65 side note i'm wow. in my it was like 26 27 so this is a long time wow. he goes well john apparently they quit serving alcohol during the seventh inning <laughs> so apparently we're leaving <laughs> and Gosh. and and get the 65 year old puts up the fist like for the fist bump and i'm just like who 
are you? <laughs> Give him the fist bump and walks off. And Alyssa kind of gives me this face. And I was like, this is my, this is my best moment of my life. <laughs> That's I just, wild. I just found my people. <laughs> That's crazy. I felt huh. instantly like, like I had a family. Yeah. Mm. I was no longer alone. Well, that's so sweet. That's such a great transition. Baseball. <laughs> have you, uh, have y'all seen another side note with this kind of title on a podcast? Have y'all seen like the, the videos of, uh, really studious people that put like the most heinous titles and like the, the prettiest fonts on top of their notes page. So they'll put like loneliness, but put like sparkles on it. <laughs> or they'll put like butterfly like, flying off world war two and just yeah. like, like pretty it up. I feel like that that's this I've episode seen, so far. So I've seen ones that are like slavery in the 1800s <laughs> and they, they yeah. try to make it pretty by putting in like six different colors. Yeah. Like, no. no, it's okay. Just, just write in black ink. It's slavery. It's yeah. Okay. Just keep it, keep it simple. But today talking about loneliness. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we are but listen when Sierra was doing announcements on Sunday he goes you go over to Matt's house play some volleyball play some Secret Hitler there was like some freshmen in the front that never heard of Secret Hitler all just like look at each other like, oh god, where are we <laughs> Secret Hitler <laughs> like we've, we've made this game about Hitler yep. <laughs> so fun <laughs> you gotta go play it I feel like we could literally rework the game give it a new title and it wouldn't deter people I saw, but we, I'm we, totally biblical. okay I'm totally okay with Secret it. Judas <laughs> <laughs> so, Dude, just scratch it out with a sharpie. Yeah, just secret Judas, <laughs> Judas. and Pharisees and disciples. <laughs> yeah, Pharisees, Pharisees and Dude, we could apostles. Re- we could remake this. Let's do it. Okay, down for it. <laughs> oh, Good loneliness. First question. I'm just. Go- I'm going off the route because I don't know how to transition this now. You don't have to. Uh, what is what does loneliness mean for a Christian? Because I think that's kind of contrary to um, this whole idea of Christianity of. Um, God being a father, God being a friend. And so how do we kind of even frame this? Like, what does loneliness mean as a Christian or just for a Christian? Yeah. I mean, I think if I like, I like that you mentioned how that's kind of contrary to a, na- the nature of a Christian, because to be a Christian means to have the Holy spirit or to have God's spirit inside of you. And so it seems contradictory. How could you feel lonely when God is literally inside of you? And yet I think that's a lot of times what loneliness is. It's a feeling um, because you feel like God is far from you or you feel like nobody understands you. And yet the spirit, Romans 8 says that the spirit within you is crying out. And so I think, I think that's kind of the thing. It's a feeling I would say. Yeah. That's the best way to lean into that. Even though the definition of it could, could be the state of being alone. Mm. Um, But it, it more leans towards the state of mind um, for, um, and for a Christian. Um, one of the reasons that we will ring the, the really loud bell of community is because God tells us to, um, and because it's, it's written inside of you, but also when you battle with a mindset that pushes you into a space of disassociation, um, and that disassociation, that, that mindset of being disassociated with people is driven by your, um, by your desires, by your wants, by your uh, expect, expected needs, those kind of things. And it, and it affects how you view relationships. Mm-hmm. It affects how you view social interactions with other people. And so my individual desires or expectations affect my experiences mentally. Yeah. Um, I see things differently. And it's because I've been dis- I, I disassociate myself with um, how God has designed me to be and what I think that I want or need. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the mental aspect of that is really important. Yeah, that's a really good point. I, I can definitely testify to that. It's like, I think if you walk into a 
a gathering, um, thinking that, that you're alone and that no one's for you. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to walk into that with, I I guess the best way to put it is like a glass half empty kind of mindset. Um, and you're going to view conversations and relationships that happen there in a negative light because of your mindset walking in, um, which the Lord can, can correct and can, um, refine, which is, which is a good truth. But, um, before we get too ahead of ourselves, I kind of want to jump into the Bible and uh, make some connections for us. Uh, what does, what does the Bible even say about loneliness? Like what are some things that we can kind of ground ourselves in? Uh, the first thing I wanted to just mention is I think it's interesting. John said it last week, just to always go back to the garden of Eden mm-hmm. and we, when people you, are getting it. When you go back to the garden <laughs> of Eden and you see, um, in Genesis two, verse 18, God has made Adam. He's made all of the plants and he's, um, he's like about to, or he's already rested at this point too. And then verse 18 says that the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. And then if you um, go to verse 20, he says, but for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from this man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. So I think it's interesting that to solve Adam's loneliness or to solve Adam's isolation God God made him a helper but not only did he just make him a helper but he took something out of Adam in other words to to solve Adam's loneliness it was going to take part of Adam and so I think that for us we have to realize that like John said that we were made to to be in community I mean the first community was developed from the body of Adam Mm. and so I think that's really really important that our bodies literally were made and we're, I mean, all of our, all of us came from Eve. Mm. Our bodies were made from the first man, Adam. And so they were made for, for community and for communion. So. It's a, it's a good start, but. It's a but, good start. But, but how do we connect? It's not good for man to be alone. Mm. Um, to To the rest of scripture. Like you just, you ask that question, what's the Bible say about it? back in the garden. He's like, it's not good. Yeah. Mm. Like that loneliness is, is not good for you to be alone is not good. We, we did the quick, uh, the quick search of, of how many it is. And I've already closed it apparently, but hundred, 130 times, no, 133 times the word alone pill appears in the Bible in 130 verses. Um, and so it's not something that's just out there that, uh, we shouldn't contend with, mm. uh, because it is something that scripture does talk about. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I even zoom out of just like the Psalms, um, Paul's journey as well. Um, there are many moments where, um, these honestly, like figures of, um, things that we identify with and we relate with, Mm -hmm. um, are all throughout scripture. Um, that testify that, that even in those moments that, that God is still there, um, God is still, his spirit is still available even in the Mm -hmm. midst of loneliness because that's where he enters in. Um, like, I think it's, it's cool in community to see the Lord working in the midst of a group of people. Um, but I I would argue, I think the true transformations happens in a one-on-one relationship with Jesus. Um, and I think part of that 
makes people feel lonely and we'll kind of get into this, especially for the extroverts. Um, like that one-on-one time can probably feel a little bit lonely with, with the Lord, um, just because they're so used to being around people and that's how they recharge. Um, but, um, I think it's important to recognize that even you zoom out of just like big characters in the Bible. Um, a lot of times they, they felt lonely. I mean, Psalm 23 is an easy go to, um, that's even in the midst of chaos. Um, there's, there's a place to, to rest my head. There's a place to, um, find a dwelling place that's full of rest, that's full of peace and satisfaction. And so we can derail this really quick if you want. Um, I'm perfectly okay with it because you, you, you said it, uh, with Psalm 23 and something the Lord, uh, has been just continually stirring in my heart, especially after, uh, the, the Noah, sermon that I preached this summer. Uh, for those of you that weren't around, we did uh, Stories You Never Outgrow. Uh, it's just a, a quick little sermon series in July, which Jim takes the month of July off. And so a lot of our other pastoral staff will jump in and do that. And and, and I, if you know how I'm wired, uh, it, it wasn't just the easiest, like, hey, grab one of these common Bible stories and just yeah. run with it. Uh, but to do Noah was sweet because of um, some things God was already speaking into me, some things that I'd learned from some professor smarter than me. And then even from the Bible project podcast, uh, some stuff that he was doing that was really contending with the, with the Lord's spirit in the flood. Um, and, and I'm never like, Hey, go listen to my sermon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if, if you want to understand the spirit a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, grab parts of that and I point in other directions too, that are much more helpful. But as, as I was doing that, this word keeps coming back. Um, and so Psalm 23, uh, for those of you that uh, know that Psalm, it's a great one to memorize. Uh, two is you're walking through the Lord is my shepherd. I, I have, I, I shall not want, I have what I need is what the CSB says. Um, he, he leads me or he lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Mm. Uh, and for, for loneliness, uh, it, it really begins to kind of speak to, if you're reading this, you begin to get into a by yourself space. Um, maybe I do, maybe not everybody, <clears throat> but, but if I'm, if I'm beside quiet waters yeah. as, as a guy, as a dad, uh, as a husband, those waters are not quiet if other people are there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They can be still, but they're still not quiet. And, and maybe that's just the way that I'm wired. But that word, if you were to go in and just look at the word quiet, quiet is um, it, it's another word for still. It's it's Noah, which mm-hmm. it's just that that form of Noah, which means rest. That's what Noah's name was was rest. Um, and the only way that we get that rest, the only, the only way that we go, Hey, the Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He leads me in these spaces. He, he lets me walk beside still quiet, restful, peaceful waters is if you have the breath. Mm. That's the, that's the Noah story. Um, the rest came from them when the spirit returned, the spirit is that breath of God. Um, and so you can take it to the garden. That's the reason that we get heaven. That's the argument gets because we literally have God's breath in us. When you engage in God's word, that's literally God's breath mm-hmm. breathed out on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, but for you to experience this type of rest where you're just, maybe your dream is to be sitting beside a quiet stream, a still stream. The only way you get that is with God's spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so this is one of the best ways when you, when you bring that up to go, how can I contend with loneliness? You can be completely alone and not feel lonely because you have the restful spirit of God in you. I mean, the more that you pay attention to this, the more that loneliness fades. Uh, I'm, I'm going to argue that introverts, a lot of them that we're around are the loneliest people in the world grabbing for things. Mm. They're loud. 
they're out front. They want to make sure they have enough friends. They want to make sure that they're seen because behind the scenes, a lot of our conversations with them are that they're really, really lonely. Nobody yeah. knows me. Nobody loves me. And I'm going, bro or girl, like you're, you're one of the most known people. Yeah. You're the most visible people in our ministry. How do you feel this? It's because they yeah. have not found rest yet. Yeah. Uh, and, or they're not experiencing it the way that they should. Mm. Because like I would say, and Psalm 23 would say, and the Bible would say that a lot of people who, who are not lonely walk in this Mm. slow, calm. They're not grabbing for stuff. And Mm. so that's the, that's the danger with us using a, uh, earthly metric to define loneliness or an an earthly picture of what that is, because loneliness, the opposite of that isn't a bunch of friends. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, because then you're probably actually not known amongst a bunch of people. You just might be popular. Mm. And if we were to zoom in or zoom out to celebrity people, um, people that you think have everything and have all the friends and are known and are in, are in movies and all that are the loneliest people on the planet and end up mm-hmm. committing suicide because of it. Yeah. And you go, it's not that. Yeah. Sorry. No, that was really good. <laughs> yeah. I was going to, th- I think part of this, the opposite of, of being alone um, and feeling alone and loneliness in general, I, I think is, is contentment in the Lord. Um, and I, like I said this earlier, but with Paul, I didn't really fully flesh out this idea, but I think Psalm 23 plays into that, that no matter what happens, I have rest in the mm-hmm. Lord. Um, I can sit in a spot of Philippians 121, like to live is Christ. My everything is Christ, but to mm-hmm. die is gain. Um, and, and the only way someone can get into that spot is by fully experiencing the rest that, that the spirit of God provides, um, and is always readily available to provide, yeah. um, which is, which is important. So, hmm. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because I've been one to to say Psalm 13, and I just want to read it over us. But it's it's a psalm that David wrote when he is probably at the worst point in his life, and so he says in verse one, "How long, O Lord, will you forget? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord, my God." Light up my eyes, lest I sleep in the sleep of death, lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. And so these first four verses, you see that David feels alone, he feels forgotten, he feels far from God, he feels sorrowful, and he feels like he has to take counsel in his own soul. And he even says that he, he feels that his enemies have rejoiced over him. And yet the solution in verse five and six is that he says, I will, I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. In other words, how do we, how do we fight loneliness? How do we get over loneliness? Well, we have to remember what God has done in the past. We have to remember his salvation of us and we have to trust in his steadfast love for the future. And so we sing to the Lord because he has de- dealt bountifully with us that, that in the past, he, by his grace, he's saved us. He's called us to new life. And then in the future, he's, he's promised us a, us a new hope, a, a future hope where we will be with him forever, or where we will never be alone. And so I think that, that to fight loneliness, we have to realize that in this world, we will have trouble. Yeah. In this world, we, we will experience loneliness or, or sorrow, but we have to remember our future hope that, that Christ has promised us that, that he will never leave us and that he will never forsake us and that we will one day be with him forever. Yeah. 
And I, I love that you bring up another psalm because I, I see this trend all throughout uh, the psalms and even as you jump into, again, like letters uh, to churches, but just this idea of of not shying away from the ways in which you're feeling, uh, but bringing that to the Father and reminding yourself of truth that you live in. Because um, I mean, you see that all throughout the psalms of, I'm feeling this and this sucks and why is this happening? But God, like I know this is your character. I know that this is true about you. I know uh, the the identity that I lie in because of your... Uh, mm-hmm. your sovereignty and your plan for me. And so um, I think it's such an important note that that God doesn't shy away from the things that you're feeling. Like he wants them. He wants you to bring it to him, to confess mm-hmm. it before him. Um, but through that, not just sitting in it, but reminding yourself of of the truth that you live in, um, that you're not alone. Um, but yeah. yeah. That I, had, so. I don't know if you want to go anywhere with that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm just, sorry. I'm, I'll say this one thing and then John can go. I, I know. You just see in Psalm 16, a lot of people know that verse, Psalm sixteen, eleven. you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. But if you just go back a verse, he says, for you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. In other words, even though people are chasing after David and, and seeking for his life, David is going to trust that, that God has his best intentions mm. at, at heart for him yeah. and that God will protect him. And so I think even in your seasons of loneliness, you have to remember the hope that you have. You have to. Yeah. That's so. really good. Yeah, yeah. This, oh, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. I like this because I was might have gone in a different direction. Keep going. You I forgot want, what you were going to say, weren't no, you? No, no, I didn't forget. Actually, yeah. I, have, I have it written down here. We'll do it. But, but I want you to go. I want to see that. where this goes. Uh, I was... <laughs> so when you read Psalm 16 and in your presence of fullness, is fullness of joy, then you have to understand that that loneliness is a result of sin. Mm. Um, that, and so... With what the Psalms are saying, with what we see in the garden, if we're going to take it back there. Um, Genesis chapter 3, after the fall of man and Adam and Eve run and hide from God, God comes down and goes, where are you? Mm. That's a, that was like, hey, where are you at? Like, I know yeah. that you're hiding. I'm like, I'm God. So hide and seek is a terrible game to play with me. But <laughs> where are you? Yeah. Which instantly speaks to what you have just done because of sin is try to isolate yourself from relationship with me. And the challenge of that is that you were made for relationship with me. Your inner being screams that. And so loneliness, we have a God who is, Caleb said this, like your, your emotions, your feelings are a gift. Mm. Most of the time they are used to, to recorrect, to redirect. It's the kindness of the Lord that brings us to repentance. And so even that, even that loneliness side of things, you go, I'm missing something right now. Adam and Eve had to have felt it right then. Um, And it continues to echo, which also means that you were created for community. Um, It's a feeling where you go, I can't do this by myself. All of those things are are gifts from God to push you into spaces where you can see him more clearly. Um, So they're the result of sin. But when you feel them, you also have to go, Elijah... I mean, the guy was ready to commit suicide because of loneliness. Paul, yeah. Paul's just like, hey, everybody, everybody has abandoned me. Nobody has come to my support. That's the beginning of First Timothy uh, or First Timothy four. Where he's just like super sad. Uh, Jesus, like, like, mm-hmm. why would Jesus invite people to come and pray with him mm-hmm. in that moment? Yeah. Um, he just, I don't think that it was like their prayers are powerful and effective. Like, I don't know if he's thinking that. He's just like, just come and yeah. be with me while I contend with what's about to happen. And so that loneliness side of things that pushes you to desire for people to be around you are a, a, mm. a gift from the Lord. Um, and the thing that it reminds you of is that you are created for community 
And because you, Caleb said it, because you have the spirit in you, because you have a friend in Jesus, because you have a God who is near to, to all of those things, then you're actually not ever alone. You're just having to wrestle with the fact that these emotions are pushing you into a space that makes you feel a certain way where God is going, come to me. Mm. It's not really alone. Come to me at that mm-hmm. point. And so it, it's good to connect these verses that should be things that you memorize to go in your presence is fullness of joy. The, the thief came to, to kill, steal and destroy those things. But you mm-hmm. came to give me life to the full yeah. and life to the full. Isn't look at all of my friends and look at I'm never alone. Life to the full is a relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. which sometimes is going to lead to moments of isolation mm-hmm. um, where you're not in a negative way where you're by yourself with just you and him. And for the introverts in the room, you're going, I can't do it. Um, I, I didn't have my quiet time with seven other people. Yeah. This is where I, where I feel like fueled, but mm-hmm. run, run after that. That's good. Yeah. This, I, th- I think there's probably a listener out there that's, that's saying, this is all great. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. But I still, I still feel lonely. Why? I, I believe these truths. I know these truths. I've meditated on these truths, but I still feel lonely. Why, mm-hmm. why is that the case? Um, why does God allow this? Uh, shout out our boy, uh, our boy, Ethan, who's, who's coming today for lunch, our new student pastor, which mm. would be, came yesterday for lunch when you yep. listen to this, uh, he's going to be running around this weekend and, mm. uh, we vote on getting him here, um, Sunday. So, uh, he's been, he, he just walking through gentle and lowly. A lot of people have, have been like wrestling with that, that book too. And, so good. and one of the things that Dane does in there is, uh, he goes after this idea of, of friendship and, and he has a, a statement in there says it would be it'd be cruel to suggest that human friendship is irrelevant uh, once one has been befriended by Christ. Mm-hmm. So it, it would be cruel to suggest that human friendship is irrelevant once one has been befriended, befriended by Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, because God made us for fellowship. We, we have a union of our heart and with other people. And since everyone gets lonely, um, we have to understand that uh, what what Christ's heart for us means is that we have a never failing friendship relationship with him, but mm-hmm. we are called to relationship on this planet. And mm-hmm. so a verse that I held on to early on um, as I was struggling through, some of you know my testimony, some of you don't, um, of just like not having, I grew up in a really small town with a really jacked up family and everybody knew about my jacked up family. And so I was, mm-hmm. I was contending with what people thought about me and my family and still trying to find friends. And, um, and then Psalm... Uh, 68 six says that God sets the lonely in families. Mm. And, and for me to go, I don't, I don't have a family like, literally. Yeah. So what does that look like? And so for a lot of us, this is a good college student connection. If you would find your family, if, if you're a follower of Christ, God has set you up with God's people mm. who are also members of his household. They are your family members. That's Ephesians two. They're, they're your family members. And if you would just figure out who they are, now, hear me, don't run after the perfect family, run after the family that's going to love you well and loving you well sometimes is like, hurrah you and it's sometimes, hey, bro, you're failing and we need to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but he has set you up. He set the lonely in families, but you have to do the work of finding your family. We make it a little bit easier. I think, and I think church in general should make this easier. And we, a lot of the churches around here do. It's like, Hey, come, we'll introduce you to college students. We'll put you in Bible study. We'll put you in other things that, to help you find your people that mm-hmm. if you would do that your freshman year, then, then you got a family for four, four years, yeah. find your family. Uh, that's, that's kind of the first one where I would go, Hey, Christian still feels lonely, understands the truth about Jesus, but is not really contending to find their people. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, remember that the enemy of your souls 
wants the exact opposite for you. He wants you to be, remain in isolation. We talked about Daniel on Sunday night, and one of John's points was isolation. The enemy Nebuchadnezzar wanted to isolate God's people from God's people yeah. so that they would look less like God's people. God's people. And so <laughs> remember, like, for you that Satan, that the world wants you to not be together with believers, like John was saying, in communion, because it doesn't want you to be useful. It doesn't want you to be purposeful in your life. And so I think you just have to remember that because if you can remember that the enemy is after you, then it'll, it'll motivate you to do all the things that John said. Um, and so I think that, that, I think that's one thing. Um, two, I think just it takes effort. I think that's another reason why people are afraid to mm-hmm. um, not be lonely yeah. because putting, make, make that two sided. Don't miss that. Like it takes effort on one side, but we should be able to see those that are contending with loneliness and do the work for them. Right. Right. And so it like, it takes so much effort to be, to get out of your bubble and mm-hmm. to, to put yourself out there to make friends. And I think like John said, it, it takes both, both sides. We as the church have to be better about pushing people into being out there. And then also believers need to do a better job of um, existing in that space. Um, because I think once again, it's that, that nature that John said in the garden or when, when they fell where Adam and Eve, it, it was just natural for them to want to hide from God. And I think it's natural for a lot of believers to just want to hide from other people uh, because they, they think that if they really knew me, they couldn't love me. Sure. Or they think that if they, if they really knew me, they, they wouldn't want to be friends with me. Yeah. Or um, they, they won't love me because, like, look at all the things in my past that I've done. And yet, once again, that's the enemy. Because in the garden when they fell, God's question to them wasn't, how dare you guys? It was, where are you? Where did you go? Hmm. I, why did you break this communion with me? And so I think that's, that's the key. We have to see that, that community isn't necessarily about you being perfect and you um, being the, necessarily the best friend, but it's about you being known. Hmm. And so I, th- I think that's, a, that's an important part. Can I, can I drop this? <laughs> drop it. <laughs> to be 99% known is to be not known at all. <laughs> there, there it was. And there's a, there's a reason I love this quote. And and when Matt Chandler kind of explains this, Mm -hmm. um, it's not just like the cliche, like, Oh, that sounds so good. But the fact that like being 50% known is a lot less lonely than being 99% known. And the reason being is because you know, you're being fake and you know, you're hiding things, but at 99%, you're convincing yourself that you're fully known, but there's still that one part that Caleb was talking about. If just, if they just knew they wouldn't accept me. If they just knew what I did in my past, they wouldn't, they wouldn't let me into their circle. And so being 99% known, I would argue is a lot more dangerous than 50, than 25, than 10% known. Um, Cause at that rate, again, you know, you know that people don't know you, they can see it in you that you're not being known. They can see that you're not confessing uh, your sins before them. Um, and so that, that's just my challenge. Uh, there's so much freedom that's, that's found in being a hundred percent known. Um, and the good news is that we have someone who a hundred percent knows us. Yeah. Um, and that's where we find our comforts and he commands us to go and be known by people. Um, mm. and not just, not just the surface level, uh, quiet times are good. Prayer life's a little mad. I just need to work on that this week. But, but these are the areas that I struggled with. This is what led, led me to, to take into temptation. Um, and, and confessing those things before people that you trust, uh, that you've grown a relationship with. Mm. Um, 
and that will call things out in your life that love you, not because they um, are jealous of you or um, want you to stumble or to fall, but because they love you, they're going to call those things out. So there he was. <laughs> hey, you got it in. Yeah, no, good job. Yeah, that's good. I like that quote. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I really like that you said just to about being a hundred percent known by God, because if we, if we recognize what the gospel is, it's that God knew us before we were formed. He knew us from the beginning of time and he knew what we would do wrong, what, what, what our mistakes would be. And another quote that I love is that Jesus knew um, our, our mistakes of tomorrow and yet still chose to be our savior of today. Mm. And so I think that can help us to, to fight that loneliness because if, mm. if the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords knows us and, and knows that we're not perfect and, and he's the only one that set the standard of perfection in the first place, and it should free us up to be to be okay with being imperfect and, mm. and be okay with knowing that that people can know our flaws and people can know our mistakes. Because I know personally for me, I, I didn't experience a lot of freedom in friendship or in life until I just got things off my chest with the people that I trusted. So Yeah. That's good. Um, I don't I don't know how much time we're at, but thirty six. Perfect. Um I know we kind of already hit on some some encouragement things, but I always love ending these episodes with, with something to charge our people with, but more so just an encouragement as they leave. Um, because again, like all of this sounds great, but one, how do I put it into practice? And two, with that, um, just some encouragement as, as people contend and fight against um, the, feeling, the feelings of loneliness. Sure. Uh, we did scratch the surface on this a little bit, just talking about feelings and whatnot and them being God's gift uh, to us. And, uh, even though loneliness is a result of sin, loneliness in and of itself isn't the sin. It's the, uh, it's the warning light on your dash that's telling you something's wrong uh, with the vehicle. Mm. Um, and, and, and so it, it's always good. I, I, like to, I like to teach from the negative sometimes, and I like to make the negative really positive things. And so here, here it comes. Uh, if, if we could learn to make loneliness a weapon, uh, that we use to battle some things. Um, so, so when that sensor goes off and you go, Hey, this is what I'm feeling. Allow that to push you into action, not into isolation. Mm. Uh, because a lot of times it's like, I'm so lonely, you know, more so we talked a little bit about it. It's hard work, but it would push you to do that. And so, uh, using loneliness as a weapon would be really just a, a powerful thing. This is what I think. Um, when you feel hungry, you eat, when you feel thirsty, you drink and you don't apologize about it. Mm. When, when you feel lonely, what if that was just God through his spirit? And it is going, you need deeper, more authentic relationship with me mm. and with other people. And so I, I need you to quit thinking about self. I need you to quit thinking selfish thoughts mm. um, because the, the quickest way to grow in relationship with others is to care for the needs of others. Mm. And when I will lay down self and I will run after that, then they, for some reason, love me better. Yeah. Um, mm. And, and I'm more satisfied because God created us that way um, mm. that it's better to serve. Mm. Uh, I came to serve. I mean, th that's the model. Mm. And so loneliness pushes you into a space of being the hands and feet of Jesus and satisfies a relational thing that you were missing, that you were feeling that you were missing. And so it becomes a weapon where the enemy wants to isolate and you use it powerfully for the kingdom and check a couple boxes mm -hmm. and God's big enough to do that. Uh, and so one of the things that I've been practicing, um, 
and, and I, I don't want to make this hyper spiritual, uh, but I also want to blame the Holy Spirit for it. So uh, as I've been driving or just going about my day, just things where I have moments that I'm just not doing something, I'm not in a meeting, I'm not fully engaged in, in sermon prep or whatever it is. And somebody's, I just have a thought of somebody. I want to say like somebody's name is put on my mind, but a lot of times just like I'm thinking about a person. I don't know where it comes from. I will at that point pick up my phone and call or text them and just go, how are you? Mm. Um, because I, I think the spirit will work that way and go, you haven't connected with so-and-so in a little while. You're going to ask a question. It's going to open up a floodgate. Just be ready. Or they're going to go, bro, I'm good. Thanks for checking. Each of those things can happen, but more often than not, they needed somebody at that point yep. just to reach out. And, and it was nothing that I did outside of just have a thought about somebody and, and move to act. And what did it cost me? Mm. Honestly, it costed me the most valuable thing that I have, which is my time. Mm. Um, but it really wasn't that big of a cost. And the reward mm. that I got from hearing them and being encouraged by what God was doing in them and maybe helping them take them, their next step or them encouraging me in that was gigantic. And mm -hmm. so it's work on both sides. And so if we would go like, yes, I recognize loneliness is a battle for people. We want to turn that into a weapon that God's going to use um, for his good. It's going to take the lonely to step out, but it's also going to take me when I think about people to go, maybe they are lonely right now. Maybe. Mm -hmm. and, and that's never my thought. It's my thought right now. It's never my thought. It's just, Hey, I just want to say hi. Yeah. And then watch what God does. If we would just use the, our feelings as weapons against the enemy, I think um, you'll win a whole lot more battles. That's good. Yeah. I mean, my final thought is it's kind of a charge that if, if you would consider yourself a lonely person, then really think about and take these things to heart. But also if, if you're not a lonely person, I think this is also your charge to go and find those people that are lonely yeah. and, and be the hands and feet of Jesus, like John said, and meet their needs and care for them. Because I think if we were honest, we can all do a better job of, finding those people and, and having those conversations of asking, how are you, bro? Like, seriously, how are you? Because, mm -hmm. yeah. um, once again, the enemy wants us to just meander through life and I'm fine. I'm good. And say, I'm good. I'm okay. Um, and I think, I think the devil lives in those three words. I'm, or those two words. I'm good. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's our charge for even those that maybe don't feel lonely, try to be the hands and feet of Jesus and find those who are lonely and meet their needs and love on them the way Jesus does. That's good. Well, well, well. <laughs> well, well, well. That's the end of the podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs> had to, had to end it the same You're way. You're gone I'm today. I'm gone. <laughs> it's fine. It's whatever. It's okay. Just don't even hit this button. Hit it. Go for it. Okay. Bye, guys. We'll see you all on Sunday with the Sunday night message, but also yo, yo, yo. Sunday in person to listen to that message. I'll be there. Daniel chapter two. Bye.